Welcome to the Ultranet Products Podcast. Today's guests are Dr. Phil Brown from Draper, Utah, and Kim Blyweiss, Ultradent's endodontic sales manager. They will be discussing the history of posts, different types of posts, and the ideal properties of a post before introducing you to the Unicore system from Ultranet. I'm Kim Blyweiss. And I'm Phil Brown. And we're going to talk today about um, some features and benefits of using fiber posts. First, we'll t- chat for just a minute about uh, about the history of posts. Uh, you know, in the past, I used to sell, work for Weldon, sold a lot of posts, knew a lot about the competition at the time. It's been several years ago, and uh, the posts have, have changed a lot since then, in the last 10 years or so. But before that, the, the stainless steel and nickel-titanium posts were the big things, um, and there were all kinds of different ideas about how they should be. You know, there were posts, the little teeny screw posts made by Dentatus, the big screw posts made by Kerr, uh, and everything in between. And it was interesting. They were basically just different iterations of machine screws that they, they put in the teeth. And they were pretty much, in, they were pretty invasive, those kinds of posts. Uh, Welldent had the, uh, the parapost, which is a parallel-sided post the idea being that parallel posts were less stressful to the teeth it would take up less room in the in the canal and uh, those those posts which weren't parallel sided the ones that were tapered or the ones that screwed in as opposed to the passive posts were very very stressful to the teeth but they really had nothing back then like they have now with the the new generations of posts that are coming out and also besides the post put going in there they put uh, a lot of pins in there too and you know i mean the idea was when we sold them posts we were the if they were going to put a single post in an anterior for example they always had to put at least two pins in to keep it from rotating and uh they just weren't big and minimally invasive and that kind of thing. They put a lot of stress on the teeth, the way they used to prep them, the kind of posts they used to use and those sorts of things. But we've got a lot of changes in the industry now. Yeah, and the, uh, the, uh, the metal posts historically were parallel for maximum retention because they were just cemented, zinc phosphate, um, things like that. Now, we're not talking about cast posts and cores today uh we're sticking with prefabricated one appointment but it's it's interesting now as a dentist when i talk to other dentists and i ask them why are you using a parallel post well i've always used one i said well what shape are your endophiles well they're tapered you know well what shape is your gutta percha they're tapered what shape is the canal well they're tapered and paper points yeah they're tapered so it's it's uh, it's kind of like going out and uh, buying a square tire to put on your car. You're not fitting the needs of the rim of the car, nor does a parallel post fit the needs of the tooth. Let the tooth dictate what the post should be. Yeah, and the story on the parallel post was is that they didn't have a wedge effect, you know, as as they went into the tooth and as they mm-hmm. as they they chewed on them. But you know, the uh, the stainless steel had no flexibility whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it would be a lot different with a post that's tapered if it, if it were more flexible, I assume. The one thing a lot of people don't understand, dentistry is a very small market, and sometimes we don't get our head out of the sand as an, as an industry. Uh, fiber technology came around in the 60s and was used um, actually in some secret projects at JPL Labs on, on uh, stealth fighters. 
Um, but in 88, uh, Europe, fiber posts were first launched originally as carbon fiber. So they've been around a long time, and dentists say, well, you know, I never heard of them or whatever. They have been around. They've been in Europe, came to the U.S. about the mid-'90s. So almost 10 years now, there's been um, a few fiber posts in the country, and now they're more popular than ever, and there's a reason for that. Well, yeah, and what is the advantage of the fiber posts over the metal posts, whatever the iteration I, of them might be? I think the biggest advantage is that the fiber post is most similar to Denton. Um, stainless steel is, what, uh, 20 times stiffer and harder than Denton. Uh, titanium is less. A fiber post is the same. Many dentists forget why we used gold, and I'm old enough that I did a lot of gold in the 80s. Um, the reason we used gold was because it was very similar in flexural modulus to enamel, hence compatible, and it had the same hardness, which is unrelated to modulus, as enamel. So it wore about the same, and it was very compatible sitting alongside enamel. So just like uh, fiber posts are compatible mechanically with dentin. Where, you know, you wouldn't put, if you were building a machine, you wouldn't put aluminum gears against stainless steel gears. Right. So it just makes sense mechanically. As dentists, we need to kind of uh, take a step back and look at the physics of what happens in the tooth and not just um, the mechanics of... Uh, Putting a post down a canal and doing the buildup, and I've I've been there. I I understand that. Yeah, and it seems like the whole the whole idea behind it is the dentist wants to think all about strength, and you know, I mean, this is like rebar that we've got in there, and it needs to be strong, and it needs to, you know, it needs to never break, and and all these sorts of things. But there are all kinds of other considerations to take into account when and, they're and check, when they're choosing these. And that's a good point. You know, most dentists want something that's the ultimate strength. But when you put something that's uh, 10 to 20 times stronger than a tooth in the canal, high potential for root fractures or failures down the road. So what you're saying is that it would be better for the, uh, the post to fracture than for the tooth to fracture. Absolutely. And in, and in 10 years of using fiber posts and following up with uh, several different manufacturers, I've only heard of a couple that have fractured, actually broke. I've heard of many and most of them that debond by either using inadequate techniques or inadequate uh, bonding resins, adhesives, cements. But the good news is if the post and the core come out, um, if you're willing to, to do the correct technique in placing it, it can be rebonded. It's not catastrophic. In fact, there was a recent article in the Journal of Operative Dentistry showing comparing fiber posts and stainless steel. They did composite buildups, core buildups, applied stresses, and uh, the failure with the composite or with the fiber post, the core failed just about at the DEJ or above with a metal post. All of the failures were below the gum and, and bone line. Just meaning that metal posts are rigid, they transfer stress deeper into the tooth. With prefabricated posts, you have, I guess, three basic types. You have metal ones, you have ceramic ones, and you have the fiber ones. Is there an advantage to the fiber over the ceramic? 
Yes, there is. The fiber is easier to remove should you ever have re- retreatment. The ceramic post, which several companies that made them have now discontinued them, hint, hint. There's still a, a Cosmopost from Ivoclar mm-hmm. for their Impro systems. Um, they're very hard. They're very rigid. They're very difficult to adjust for length. Does uh, uh, Wellland still have the uh, their ceramic post? Is it the uh, Parapost, uh, the white one? Is that ceramic or is that fiber? Um, they're fiber white okay. was the fiber. I don't think they have a ceramic. Brassler had one and Ivoclar. Oh, okay. Those were the big ones. And um, they've kind of uh, – the Serapost was Brassler, Cosmopost, Ivoclar. And um, they're very rigid, same as stainless steel, so you're not gaining anything as far as advantage for the Denton. Um, and uh, just – not as as favor. A couple manufacturers quit making them. So the the ideal prefabricated post should be something which has is close in flexural strength and flexibility to Denton, and uh, is tapered. Is that what you're saying? Correct. It'd be great if you could have one made out of Denton. That would be ideal. Take cow's teeth or whatever, but we know that's not going to happen. Um, now related to posts. The ideal situation is a tapered for the apical seat and parallel for the coronal buildup, giving you a lot of bonding surface area for uh, the uh, the post and or for the core buildup. Now, some posts have these fancy uh, grooves and balls and knobs and rings and all these fancy intricate retention devices on a fiber post. Um, that's basically the amalgam. Uh, mentality with the pair post with the threads mm-hmm. and the pro- one problem is the more complicated you mill the post the harder it is to wet these internal surfaces with the cement or uh, some posts actually require an adhesive some don't doesn't it also compromise the strength of the posts where if there are stresses on those areas where there's those irregularities wouldn't they be most likely to fracture good point kim if you if you cut rings or threads in a fiber post you're actually cutting the longitudinal fibers weakening the post and essentially reducing the core diameter of the post uh, more than what you think it is it might be 1.5 with the rings and the cuts and the grooves and the balls and the knobs you might be down to 1.2125 so you give up something However, we know from testing, uh, University of Alabama and a lot of other schools, that you don't need grooves and balls and knobs and rings. Most of the fiber posts have a very fine micromechanical structure to bond to. Last week I had a dentist, you know, they called and said about the Unicor post. He goes, well, there's no rings or grooves to bond to this thing, you know. And I said, well, they're microscopic. And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, what do you think the ultimate bonding challenge is in dentistry today? And fortunately, he agreed with me, a veneer. And I said, well, does your veneer have grooves and rings and balls and knobs? And he goes, well, no. I go, well, what's the, can you see anything on there? He goes, well, no, it's all hydrofluoric etched and it's smaller than I can see. Bingo. That's what the post is. It's easier to wet. It has the micromechanical and it's, and it's bondable. Okay, great. So this gives the takes us to kind of the philosophy that the, there is in the endodontic community now, or the under-restorative community, about having a monoblock. 
having something which bonds to the Denton, which bonds to the Restoration, which bonds to the gutta perch and all that kind of thing. So what they're doing is, 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 is truly reinforcing the tooth if they're getting a more homogenous fill or structure mm-hmm. inside the tooth. And there was a study just published, um, I'm trying to think of the journal, two, three days ago, uh, where they basically hollowed out teeth more than you should and put posts. And they th- there was the suggestion that a fiber post and resin cement does reinforce the tooth. I mean, you know, we've always said the post doesn't reinforce it. It basically supports the core. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's some evidence just coming out. I think this was done in Turkey showing that, you know what, there's some suggestions now that maybe a bonded post-core, core buildup, all resin, is indeed like having dentin back in the tooth. Yeah, it, it, that would make sense. I mean, you're filling up a half to three-fourths of the canal space with some sort of bonded resin, and uh, that's got to be a lot stronger, certainly, than, than uh, your obturation. And I would think stronger than, than some of the, uh, well, than using any of the, you know, the regular cements that are out on the market, the zinc phosphate cements, the, the ZOEs, things like that. Well, and related to that, the biggest problem I've seen in the 10 years of posts on the market is the cementation process and what they're using. Um, for one, you need to be using a fourth or fifth generation adhesive uh, that's dual curable, However, the delivery is, I think, the biggest problem and questions I get on a daily basis. When I was in dental school, and I won't name the school, <laughs> but uh, we had the parapost, the one with the big duck bill at the top, and the school's technique, and for the 80s, I think a lot of schools, was what I call today the dip and hope technique. We mixed up zinc phosphate or Duralon, we dipped the post. And then we put it in the canal. And, of course, none of it ever made it to the apical third, and there's plenty of studies to show that now. Most of it shears because you have a nicely custom-fit hole. The cement shears, and none gets to the tip. Now, the biggest problem in some of the debondings are a result of just inadequate technique. I find it interesting that as dentists, we give great time and expertise to capturing a three millimeter sulcus on a crown prep than we do a 10 millimeter hole that we can't see the bottom. Yeah, right. So a lot of, and it's same with implants. You know what? There's only one way that you can do a post. If you can't get the etchant to the bottom of the canal, then you're not going to be able to rinse it out either. University of Alabama, again, did a study with faculty showing that with a manufacturer's etchant, and they took five different companies, with their tip and a 10-millimeter canal, none of the faculty or restorative faculty got the etchant to the bottom of the canal. Further, when they rinsed it using their usual technique, an air-water syringe, they didn't remove it. There were still remnants. So there's a, 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 some basic things that need to be done in the process to ensure that you're getting it done. Um, do you want to talk about the syringe yeah. and endo, t- endo well, east tips? You know, with and, that in mind, maybe the best thing to do is to look at, at the Ultradent system, the Unicore system, from 
drill, through post, through how we, we prep and uh, the ancillary products that we have to prep that post. Tell us, first of all, the drill. Why? What makes this drill, the one that we use the Unicor, better than other drills? Well, this drill is unique because not only does it place a post, like all drills will, um, it will easily remove thermofill carriers, which are a problem for some practitioners. And as a first aid device, it will remove a post if needed for either retreatment um, or whatever the need, if endo needs to be redone. And that would be a fiber post. It'll... And that would be a fiber post. It won't remove metal posts or cera- uh, ceramic posts have been shown in most research to be practically impossible if they're actually bonded right. Um, if you do the dip and hope method, um, you might get them out. You know, but uh, yeah, the and the, the drills are are good for ten to twenty placements. Mm-hmm. But the uh, thermofill is is eye catching for some. Some people know those can be difficult to uh, stay centered on as you remove it, placing a post. This drill has an interesting shape to it. I know that it's a little bit larger than the post space, so you don't have to use a vented post. There is room for the cement to escape or the looting material to escape as you insert the post. But it also, even at that, it matches the shape of the post. And uh, what about the tip on it? Well, the tip, well, first off, you're right. It's a it's an interesting design in that the, the fluted portion, the tapered, um, they do fit ISO sizes of 0204 and 06. The mm-hmm. largest is an 06 taper. But the drills were engineered with about an 80 micron oversize, which is about the diameter of a human hair, uh, for cement space. Now, because of the tapered uh, shape and the way it was engineered, it's Mm self-venting, so you don't get that hydraulic effect that you see with parallel posts once in a while. It's kind of like playing that little gopher game. Yeah, they jump right out. It goes down and comes back up. So you have your assistant hold it for about five minutes, you know. Um, now the tip is heat generating. Um, it's not an end cutting like most drills. So what that means is it heats up the gutta percha, uh, thermoplasticizes it, the flutes remove it. Uh, by the same token, the heat generating tip is the key component to removing a fiber post. What happens to that heat with this drill? Uh, the heat is dissipated up to a heat sink. Um, you'll see some diamond coated collars. Um, which acts as two purposes, a heat sink to dissipate heat and to, if you're cutting through, say, a porcelain crown, placing a post or removing one, rather than that burr just running at 20,000 RPM against the porcelain, the diamond actually runs against it, which is cooler than a oh, okay. yeah. than just a plain shank yeah. heating up the porcelain that could fracture it. So it has That's two purposes. Yeah. And the post itself, what are the features of the post? Well, the, the physical features are that it's uh, very compatible with Denton, has about the same modulus. But I think, I think what's important clinically is that it's tapered where it needs to be, what goes in the canal, and it's parallel above, giving you a lot of surface area for bonding a core material. It's easy to cut to length. It's 19 millimeters, more than long enough for even a cuspid. So, and you always cut off the coronal portion. You never interfere with that precise apical seating mm-hmm. that the drill created. Um, another interesting thing that comes up is, uh, you know, what's the bond strength of the resin cement to the post? 
doesn't really matter because in all the pullout tests we've done, as well as outside universities, every pullout test shows that the, the cement sticks to the post better than dentin. And that was with several different bonding agents. Denton is still the, the holy grail of bonding right now. It's, it's still the weak link. So, and we have pictures to show that uh, actually you can see an impression of the drill when we pulled the post out with the tip. So, it's not the bonding to the post. And the Unicor, as a matter of fact, is um, the only post I know of that doesn't require any adhesive on the post. We've created a factory chemical treatment and microstructure that eliminates the extra step of applying an adhesive, air drying it, light curing it, injecting the So cement. you don't have to silenate it or anything No like silenation. That. In fact, um, the University of Minnesota showed that silane did nothing to enhance the bond strength. Okay. I know this, this post is more highly filled than some of the fiber posts that are on the market as far as the, the fiber, the amount of fibers that are in there. Yeah, this one is well over 60% filled. Most of them on the market are 40 to 45% filled. Like a composite, if you're using a class one filling, you want a composite that's 75% filled in general. You're probably not going to use a flowable on a large class one that might be 50% filled. So more fibers means higher density, higher strength, and better fatigue. Okay. Now we've, we've prepped the post, or prepped for the post, uh, with, the, uh, with the Unicor drill. Ultranet has Permaflow DC and has a number of other products for etching, bonding, buildup, all that other kind of stuff that goes with putting this post in there. Uh, why don't you walk us through that? Because you're talking earlier about the difficulty of getting the cement, getting, uh, getting it down there, getting the etch down there, getting the etch out of there, doing all those things you have to do in order to have a very successful bond with the post. Well, there's a few key products. Indoese tips that we have are uh, lure lock tips that are extra long to get down into canals. Just, you know, we, we do these procedures when we do the endo, you know, because, oh, we got to get all the way down to the tip. But sometimes the mentality's lost when we do the post. No, it's just a post. It's a hole. There's a bottom. Uh, it's not going out to the bone. There's several ways to do it. The main thing is some endo-ease tips. And I, I'd recommend a 22-gauge tip will work for everything you need for cement and etch and maybe adhesives, depending on your adhesive. And that's the pink uh, tip um, or the it, blue tip? It, it's the blue. The blue tip. Okay. The 22. The 20 is pink. All right. A 20 would be fine as well, but the 22 will fit the tip of the smallest post. Okay. Uh, so if you load up on 22-gauge tips, you'll have everything you need. You take a 22-gauge, put it on the etchant that you're using, go right to the bottom of the canal. If you can't get to the bottom, you're not going to, to do anything. Um, and just like you're taking an impression of a sulcus, you go to the bottom, fill it until you see it coming up, and then slowly remove it filling the canal with etchant okay now you've filled the canal with etchant you how do you need, get it out of there yeah you, you got to get back to the bottom you can either use a, a monoject syringe you know and put a 22 gauge and go to the bottom and flush it up you know several times mm -hmm. or we have a thing called a, a try away it fits over your air water syringe you put a 22 gauge tip on that go to the bottom and just irrigate with continuous water out of your system 
no refilling a syringe. And the great thing is, with the tryaway, you can you can dry it as well when you're done. That's right. That'll um, you can run air through it when you want to dry the primers or your adhesive that you've applied. Again, if you can't get it to the bottom, you're not going to bond it. You're going to bond maybe the neck of the tooth. Okay. So and you won't remove the etchant. So you've irrigated, removed the etchant. Yeah, you can blast some air to remove any of the bulk. You may want for a peace of mind, take a paper point and make sure there's there's nothing. Uh, but now you've got to apply an adhesive. And I would recommend a dual cured adhesive, whether it's a fifth generation with a dual cure catalyst or we have a, a permaflow DC that's in a syringe with long, um, they look like gooseneck applicators. They're mm -hmm. a, a capillary brush that will go down to the bottom of any canal. So again, don't expect to use an endo brush. Dip it in a well and expect it to run down like paint. You need to get to the bottom with whatever applicator you're using. Okay, so that so you're priming it with, uh, for example, with with uh, ultradense primers, the Permaflow DC primers. You can get in there. You can air thin it, air dry it, and then go ahead and put your your dual cure, the Permaflow DC in this case, uh, looting material down in the in the uh, the prep down in the post prep. Mm -hmm insert the post does the post have any uh does it do anything in the way of transmitting light um the light does have fiber optic properties and uh, once uh once you cement the post i take the excess and spread around the prep okay because i usually do the superstructure and the canal at the same time any excess spread around the prep so it's going to care and protect it from saliva blood in case i'm not using a rubber dam um, now, the advantage is the old days, just like with a parapost and Duralon, um, you did the dip and hope, you put it in and you waited five, six minutes, which either gave you time for coffee or go start another patient or do something. Um, however, with light transmission, you can take your light, cure through the post, transmit it to the bottom. 40 seconds is enough to stabilize the post and go ahead with your core buildup. There will be a continual self-cure. Mm -hmm. in the permaflow dc because it is a dual cured but you want it stable enough to go ahead and do the core buildup. if you leave the operatory you got to take your gloves off go see linda in the next stop wash your hands put on the gloves get the instruments five or six minutes take those gloves off come back you know even gordon christensen recommends the fact that anytime you can save time do it yeah. And this is one of those where if you don't leave the chair, you're still making money. Well, one of the great things about the, the people <coughs> love about the Permaflow DC is that you can use the same material to cement the post and to do the buildup. And as you're building up with it and you're doing those those donuts around the post to get that buildup, you only have to tack it for oh, three, four, five seconds is all. Seconds. Yeah, just to make sure yep. that it doesn't slump. And then you have this same material that's, that's bonded to the dentin, bonded to the post, and is also your core material, which is a unique thing with the Permaflow DC. And it's and and that's a good point, Kim, because after you light cure through the post, a forty seconds you take and syringe the rest of it around the post, and you essentially have a monoblock material that's all. There's no interfaces to speak of, unlike maybe a Panavia cement, and then get a floral core build up on top of that, re-etching. Yeah. So your time is most productive when it's continuous yeah and this material for a flowable has a, an incredible amount of uh, a filler in it so you get a very strong mm -hmm. material 
a very controllable material as well, but one that can go in all little nooks and crannies and spaces that you needed to go into. Yeah. And you know, one as we come to a close here, one thing I just want to ask Dennis is, you know, think twice before using a self-etching cement as a shortcut. I mean, um, my friend Eugene Kwan at Kerr mm-hmm. um, actually did an abstract in Baltimore two years ago, IEDR, showing that uh, Maxim had better values than Reliax, uh, Unisem, but using the same test procedure in the same specimen, so it's apples and apples, the Maxim had a bond strength of about 14. Using Permaflow DC and maybe some other cements. Panavia is a very good cement if you don't use the ED primers, but um, those cements will have a value somewhere above 40. So to be a product that's simple, are you, are, you, are you really willing to have something that's a third of the value of a traditional bonding? If you had surgery, do you want your heart surgeon to go, hey, you know, these sutures are new. They've got a third the strength, but they'll work. I mean, I don't think anybody wants that. No. You know, just be cautious. And, and anyone can go see those abstracts at iadr.org. Um, if you want to see the bond strengths of those. So someday they may be the good products, but for right now, total uh, total etch bonding with dual-cured materials is is the best thing you could do for your patients. Um, easier, quicker, faster. Mm, there's no easier and softer way. Yeah. Just like not getting to the bottom of a canal, not using a self-etching cement um, in a canal with a post. So there's some things there's just no shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, and kind of as a final pitch, the uh, dental assistants like this system as well because of the way it's dispensed. They come color-coded posts with color-coded drills in color-coded containers. And I don't know, you know, I've never talked to an assistant that hasn't dropped a box of posts on the floor at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Have to pick those things up. They go flying all over the place. And this is packaged so that the assistant doesn't have to worry about that. If they drop this on the floor, it's not going anywhere the way we have this packaged. Uh, it's the same sort of packaging we use with our AUT system for the uh, for our files. Yeah, that's a good point, too. The packaging is actually uh, a benefit I didn't really uh, think about earlier, but the convenience of having it all color-coded across. Um, and they can be the modules. The four different sizes can be autoclaved. Yeah. There's no other posts uh, that I'm aware of that are advocating autoclavability, like an implant. So um, there's some benefits here for your patients um, that you should check out. Great. Well, thanks. Hey, thank you, Cam. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Be sure to join us next week when our guest, Dr. Nasser Barji, will be discussing composite and porcelain restorations. Mm-hmm.